welcome to UCYP, where we have uphill conversations with young professionals. Real conversations with bright, forward-thinking YPs. You know, every generation is different than those who've come before. And rather than generalities, we want to hear unique, individual perspectives of the generation that's currently on the rise. We want to elevate the voices, talent, and contributions of YPs in order to build a bridge to connect the past, present, and future generations, helping them to be heard, to be understood, and ultimately, to see them lead. Well, hello, all of you in this great big world listening to UCYP. This is episode number nine. I'm Tim, and I'm here with Megan. What's up? Uh, not much. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's good. We had a nice little Labor Day. We did. A little long Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I labored on Labor Day. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's no rule, right? Yeah, there is no rule. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Well, you paid tribute to other working Americans by working. That's right. Yeah. Because it's a privilege to work, it is. I think. You mm-hmm. had to take a break. I took a couple of breaks. I took a couple of power naps. I took three five-minute power naps. Okay. <laughs> It was 15 minutes total because I went out for five minutes, woke up. Went then went out for five minutes, woke up. It was, so, hey, so we're, we have a great guest that we're going to be talking about. Um, so, I mean, this guest is uh, the, her and her husband got a brewery going. Yeah, yeah. They started brewing uh, beer out of their home uh, quite a few years ago and um, decided to commercialize it. So they're in the process of opening up a new brewery right here in downtown Greenville. And I'm not a big beer guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just just interviewing and all that. I want to taste this beer. Yeah, uh, you should. It's delicious. So hey, and just on a beer note, today as we're recording this episode, so a friend of mine today knows I'm a big Pats fan. Mm-hmm. You know, and for those of you who aren't, please don't dislike me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I can't help it. It is the best team in the world. But um, <laughs> he brought me. Um, one of his family members, they work for Anheuser Busch, mm-hmm. and so brought me an aluminum Bud Light. Let's go. We'll have to post this. Yeah, it's uh, let's go five time champions. It's the limited edition for the Patriots, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And so I, you broke my heart in our little pre chat saying I can't drink this. Um, well, which, I mean, you if you wanted to drink it, you could. You could screw the cap back on and save the bottle. Right, but is the value keeping the beer? Yeah, it, if if you want to get value out of it, you can't break the seal. So don't break the seal. No. Well, I'll just put it next to my commemorative, you know, Super Bowl 51 champions hat. Yes. Which will go great with all my other Patriot stuff mm-hmm. because they can't help but win. Right. So anyway, so tell us about this guest, Nicole. Yeah, so uh, Nicole Sandrowski, um, she is just a really phenomenal young professional that I was fortunate to meet um, a number of years ago and actually moved out of Greenville down to Florida and came back a couple of years ago. She's an entrepreneur, a marketer, a coach, um, and just has a really, really interesting journey um, and great outlook on life, a lot of energy. And um, one of the questions we actually asked her during the show was all around this idea of dreams and, you know, what is her dream? Is she still working on it? And she gave us a great answer in terms of where they're at with the brewery, but um, she never got back around to talking about this whole greater 
uh, dream that she has. And she mentioned it on the way out. So uh, I asked her if it was okay if I I put it back in the episode. So let me just share this with you guys. Um, So basically she said when she's looking at the big picture, she's learning when we strip our life of distractions and simply listen, our dreams become clear and dreams change over time. What's constant, however, is a desire to create with passion and serve with enthusiasm. This is a life rich with experiences. So that just gives you a glimpse. Glimpse. So that just gives you a glimpse into the kind of person that we're interviewing. So um, hopefully that has made you even more excited to listen. And this interview is going to be. I mean, people just, you're going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. This is really good. Yeah. Hey, we have some good news too. We yeah. have some workshops coming up. We do. So the whole idea of dreams actually fits really well um, with what Nicole talks about in this episode. We are currently working on getting a workshop um basically all around dreams and uh, figuring out, you know, what is your dream, defining that and putting it to the test. And that should be coming up in early November. So as we are pulling that together, um, just mark your calendar for early November and be thinking about us because we would, we're really excited about it. And it's going to be in Greenville, South Carolina. So Mm -hmm. those of you who see it, when we put it out there, it's worth the trip to come to Greenville. Mm -hmm. This workshop will be worth your time as well. And we'll help people coordinate with if you are traveling in for some lodging, things like that. Uh, But it's going to be limited. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a limited amount of people because we really want to have great engagement. But this is truly a training workshop. Mm -hmm. And you're going to walk away answering 10 significant questions, which as we put more episodes out and put it out there in in the social sphere, Mm -hmm. we will. Uh, list those 10 questions as we present it to you is what this whole workshop and training looks like so um, but yeah and you will be able to find us on so yeah you can find us on our Facebook group uh, UCYP Uphill Conversations Young Professionals of course Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at the Uphill Convo and you can always connect with us on our website ucyp.co so, without any further delay, let's jump into this wonderful conversation we had with Nicole. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Um, we are so excited to have you here today um, to share your voice with us and all those other young professionals out there. So, um, it would be great if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. Thanks, Megan and Tim, for having me. Uh, I'm Nicole Sandrowski. Um, as Megan knows, I'm involved in a few different uh, professional projects these days. Uh, my husband and I are in the process of opening a small brewery and tasting room in downtown Greenville called Fireforge Crafted Beer, hopefully set to be open before the end of the year. Um, also, I've spent most of my uh, career in marketing and business development and um do some freelance work as well as work with a, a web development agency out of Spartanburg. So I I can't I love and breathe marketing and sales and I feel like that's such a creative outlet for for myself. And so in going into beer, I feel like I get to tap into that note that was really cheesy. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> tap into that <laughs> Pun on, on a regular basis. So um, it's been it's been a really fun past few years just trying trying to juggle juggle all that stuff. 
Well, that's cool. And I think, you know, so you just laid it out there. So you're entrepreneur, you're yes. um, in business development, marketing. You've also done um, coaching mm-hmm. and uh, working with people in consulting and now adding brewery co-owner uh, to that list. So, <laughs> yes. I mean, so that's that's pretty impressive as, as a young professional, but it sounds like you've had an interesting journey. Yeah, it has been quite a journey. Yeah. So I guess I would love to know, how did you, if you could give us the short version, sure. um, how did you get from, you know, finishing up school to mm-hmm. where you are now? Sure. I will, um, I'll try and just hit the high points on that. Um, I was an English major, graduated from USC back in 2002, and I'll admit no one in even though it was a great program, I was in the Honors College, no one was really working with you in liberal arts on practical business world jobs Mm -hmm. to work on getting after you finish up your English degree. Uh, So I didn't really, hadn't really considered going into teaching or law school, which a lot of English majors were doing. And so I thought, well, let me try and hack it in the business world uh, as a writer um, and, got a copywriting job with a marketing agency out of Columbia and didn't realize that by taking that role, I was going to be learning pretty much hands-on just from the ground up anything about marketing communications, PR, and even at that time, web development. Um, because I was with back when our agency, we were developing websites and stuff for clients, mm-hmm. but we didn't even have our own site at first. Right. So, you know, it was, it was that time, oh, those yeah. early 2000s. Um, so then fast forward several years in, I uh, went to just go work out on my own. I uh, had learned a lot on at that original job, but felt I had developed really great relationships. And to your point, always kind of wanted to build something from the ground up and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so did that for several years. Um, actually was with Sandler Training for about five years, started as a client because I realized, oh, I'm really good at doing marketing work. I need to figure out how to be better at sales. Mm -hmm. And so I was a student of Sandler for for quite a while and then actually fell in love with the process and helping folks, you know, in that way and moved into training and coaching for about five years. And uh, right around that time, though, ultimately with the work my husband and I were doing as avid homebrewers, we thought the end game, at least for the next family business, was going to be going into the beer business. And so I started to kind of transition away from the the sales development stuff to really starting to work on honing my skills to then start a brewery. Cool. I hope that wasn't too much. No. No, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> Sorry, that spans about 15 no. years. So. No, that, that was actually very succinct. Okay. So I, it would have taken me a lot longer to, yeah. to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, Tim, that's like my probably the first you heard of any of that. No, no, it's cool. Well, I mean, I got some, I got stuff, but that's like you filled in the blanks, which okay. is great. So um, because, you know, this is, I'm getting to build a relationship, get to know you, which is cool. Um, so I tell you what's really neat is like, um, well, Sandler like stuff like that, that sure. leadership stuff, coaching, you know, that's like, that's been my passion for like forever. You know what I mean? Like with Mark Wahlberg forever, <laughs> forever. So, um, can you guys have him on the show? Yeah. We're working on that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Do you want to, you want to be here? Please. <laughs> so, so this whole, 
you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, so you guys are like, you know, you're doing this stuff, you did some copywriting, you know, all that. And then what's really neat is just kind of like, so we were doing some home brewing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what's cool. And listen, I, I love it because my uncle, I have a, my uncle on my, on my mom's side of the family and he's, yeah, he's the next, yeah, he's her oldest younger brother so it's funny because he started doing that my uncle mm -hmm. and he was and he works for pfizer mm -hmm. and like he got this passion of like doing <laughs> making beer and i'll never forget when my grandpa <laughs> passed away and i went up this is in 2006 you know mm -hmm. and like i don't hear anything about this so i show up at his house and i come in and and you know he's like hey check this out and i'm like what he goes drink this and i'm like <laughs> so i'm used to this with them because they were so much older than us and my mom would always have them watching us and so i would i taste i was like oh wow that's pretty good he goes i made that <laughs> you know like he's like and i'm like i'm like so proud yeah i'm yeah. like you know first of all i'm a little nervous okay <laughs> so i'm thinking maybe pfizer rubbed off on him or something mm -hmm. and he's in the it world yeah so then he takes me down to the basement which now i'm really getting nervous and there's all this stuff like he's got all this equipment and i don't know much about it and i'm not a big beer guy but i was so it was like wow you can do that like is this legal like you know yeah. and he's like it's not moonshine no. you know what i mean he's like yeah you can do this so i'm curious like like who started this spark of like was it was it like we like beer like mm -hmm. we like the way it tastes or hey can we make it ourselves kind of like mm -hmm. why do we have to go eat fish at a restaurant why can't we cook it at home like oh, what, sure. what got you into that like yeah, how did that yeah. line like what where'd you get at into what that? point do you really just want to start making and it and say i'm gonna make yeah. some beer like like not from home beer but like i'm gonna take this home beer and i'm gonna mm -hmm. label it yeah. and i'm gonna take it to market like mm -hmm. how did that happen Sure. Um, so, you know, we went from kind of more like craft beer appreciators um, to just enjoying trying new things all the time and um, then started brewing. And then from there, you know, even just within a few years, because we've been brewing for about 10 years now, maybe going on 11, and things just kind of reached a point where the beer we were making was as good, if not better than a lot of what we could have commercially. And mm -hmm. whether it was out at our favorite beer bar or at, you know, maybe we'd be traveling. And whenever we travel, um, my husband Brian and I, we always want to find out, well, who's making beer? Um, you know, what breweries are, are opening in this town or wherever? And so just from travels and then just being involved in the, the beer community in the Southeast, which was it's ve which is very young comparatively to the West Coast, um, we just thought, wow, this is, it's a great community. It's very collaborative. It's highly creative. And the we make a really great product. And, you know, a lot of times because there was very little line for many years between home brewers and commercial brewers, a lot of times we could be at festivals and share samples and things like that. And so immediately people would always ask, where where can we buy this? Where can wow. we get this? Mm -hmm. I want more of this. Um, I'll keep the comments PG for <laughs> no, purposes you. of this this podcast. But we've heard some really funny stuff, which was very very yeah. endorsing. Um, and we thought, you know what? Let's let's do this. And um, so we started working on a business plan a couple of years ago. And at the time, the model we want the business model we wanted was actually not 
fully legal in South Carolina. And so <laughs> so being in, being in Florida at the time, <laughs> yeah. we'd spend some time down there. We could actually open brew on site and sell most of our beer on site directly to the consumer per beer laws in Florida. And what was interesting is that while we were living in Tampa, um, a friend of ours, Brooke Bristow, who's a beverage attorney here in South Carolina, and some other brewers um, were very instrumental in having laws uh, continue to evolve and change here. Mm -hmm. And so by the time we're thinking of moving back to South Carolina, we thought, well, we can actually do what we wanted to do originally mm -hmm. here if we just get back here. So, so we decided to come back to Greenville. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I actually remember when I first <laughs> moved to Greenville, um, I think in 2011, I remember being at a brewery and they, but they didn't brew it on site. And I thought it was so strange coming from, you know, Michigan and then Colorado. Yeah. So I do remember that, but it is, I guess it is fortunate that, um, that those laws have shifted. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think just hearing your journey and how you've gotten from being an English major. And for me, I was a theater major in college. So, nice. um, so I understand sort of the interesting path that, um, that people who are in those liberal arts majors can mm -hmm. sometimes take. Um, so you have this great thing where you've just been really open to life and to opportunity. And, Thanks. and it seems like you've made some really interesting shifts along the way. So I, I'm curious, I, sure. I mean, we talk a lot about how it's really important to have a great inner circle of people who are mm -hmm. um, advising you. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also really important that you um, know who you are and, and the things that are important to you. So it, along those lines, I think you have to be careful when it mm -hmm. comes to other people's opinions oh, when yeah. you're when you're making a transition. So what did you do along the way? At, I mean, and maybe more than once when people didn't really understand uh, your decisions and maybe questioned your shifts. Oh, that is an awesome question. That's good. That's good one, Megan. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I'm trying to think of some good examples. Well, here's yeah. Well, yeah. why you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it. So like your college, right? English or English major, right? Being yeah. a teacher. Sure. And then like all those moves. And yeah. then here we are at beer. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not making it, you know, it's incredible mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. um, I'm just fascinated when people realize what they can do with their life oh, instead yeah. of, yeah. you know what I mean? Like what they do with their life. Right. It's like what they can do with their life. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And there's a difference. And so I think that question when you're saying it is, it's impactful. Like, wow. And that, what what about those people that naysay are they yeah. and you're yeah. and you're making shifts they don't understand and it's like but you're comfortable in your skin mm -hmm. and the thing is is they're trying for you to be comfortable with their skin oh yeah <laughs> i yeah i think with um i always have to remind myself in those moments because and maybe you guys have you know felt it too in in trying new things and kind of transitioning or br just branching out professionally. I mm -hmm. think I have to remind myself that what others are comfortable and what they themselves are comfortable with and how they make sense of the world around them, if I may not always fit into whatever box or category or bucket that's going to help them make better sense of their own situation. Mm -hmm. And so I have to remind myself to be, to be okay with that. Um, I'm not sure if you guys can really to this but I mean by natural wiring I really 
I feel comfortable when people enjoy being around me mm -hmm. and I do like to please. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely just part of, you know, kind of part of my natural wiring. And as I've gotten older and tried new things and taken those chances, you know, becoming more comfortable with others, not necessarily being comfortable with my decisions. Um, it's not easy. I'm not flippant about it. Like whatever, like it definitely, mm -hmm. like I definitely have to just b keep building that callus. Mm -hmm. Does that help? Yeah, it yeah. does. And okay. I mean, I, I think it can, I think it can impact and, and weigh on you. And I know for my <laughs> personal journey, uh, I've, I've made some of those shifts and I've had yeah. people look at me and, um, really question, um, mm -hmm. you know, why I'm doing that or what, you know, what am I hoping to achieve? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, yeah. I think for me and, and I, and even maybe for you, it seems like you're not um, afraid to make a move without having mm -hmm. a super clear vision of ultimately the end goal, but you, oh, yeah. you still know you're going in the right direction. Yes. So when you've been making those shifts, <laughs> do you think that do you think that people questioned you more because of your youth? Excellent question. Yes. Um, I think that had a little bit to do with it. I don't want, I don't want to use it as a crutch though. Cause I think mm -hmm. maybe it's good that I didn't know what I didn't know. Like for example, when, um, I went out on my own, um, and had to, you know, just develop my own little LLC and everything back in 2007. And had I paid more attention to the economic climate or the news and stuff, mm -hmm. and had I looked at data, right? <laughs> I what might, everybody tells you to do, right? <laughs> I know. Right. I might. Um, I'm. I might have seen a very grim picture mm -hmm. of what it could look like to go out on one's own and be an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, but I wasn't really paying attention to that. Um, at all. Um, I saw the vision of where and how I wanted to grow and challenge myself professionally. Mm -hmm. And I thought um, running, moving from, you know, a, you know, humble account manager, mm -hmm. copywriter, coffee maker, making sure there's toilet paper in the bathroom, mm -hmm. um, you know, person to uh, still doing all of those things, but then developing a virtual small digital agency. Mm -hmm. I we were moving to Charleston. It never crossed my mind to go and apply for a job at a like at a sexier, bigger mm -hmm. marketing agency in Charleston. Never crossed my mind. It was more like just hang out your shingle and and go do it. Oh. Um, when I did that, folks were like skeptical. Others were excited because they knew I was really you know just highly creative and and saw that as as a cool move. I think a when I decided to transition into training and development and then doing sales for sales, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, what am I trying to prove? Like, yeah. who does that? <laughs> That's you just do. weird. You yeah. Um, I think that actually raised a few more eyebrows. And to your point with youth um, and being female, mm -hmm. um, there were a lot more older um, older dudes, you mm -hmm. know, doing that kind of work, yeah. running those kinds of franchises, um, and folks who had climbed and climbed and climbed the corporate ladder and were 
55, 60, and they're just like, I'm done with that. I'm going to have this consulting practice. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot more people making that decision at that time Mm -hmm. versus someone in their late 20s to to join a, you know, a a sales training firm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really loved working with people, working in person with people. And I think the biggest challenge for me was to become comfortable learning how to train, facilitate and coach. And one of my biggest fears um, when I was growing up, especially in middle school and high school, was actually like being in front of a group Mm -hmm. or speaking or facilitating or being in, you know, being there to kind of shepherd what's what's going on. And you know, when I said yes to that, you know, working with Sandler, that was a yes to get over that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I saw the biggest learning curve and where I invested, aside for doing a lot of prospecting, mm-hmm. um, that's where I invested most of my time, you know, when it wasn't, you know, when it wasn't pay time behind the scenes, it was get ready to be with people, whether it's with them, mm-hmm. and being ready for them mentally and emotionally one-on-one or in a group and being willing to have the the energy to to be on mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, that was kind of weird to yeah. a few folks. They were like, why why are you shifting away from your marketing practice? Mm-hmm. And you know, I kept my clients and transitioned some accounts out, but then I just pretty much just then one day it was on and then the next day it was boom, I'm focused on that. So mm-hmm. that that confused people. I think another point though but it made sense to me yeah and then when I decided to leave about five years later um it was hard to kind of say goodbye to that community because also the face of Sandler had changed quite a bit Mm -hmm. it was getting younger it was getting more even more diverse thank Mm -hmm. goodness and there were more women and more young women going into the you know going into that so I saw really cool positive changes Mm -hmm. um and things becoming more progressive there um, but then I moved on. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, no, that's good. No, that's great. You know, okay. what I really like is the, <laughs> you know, I like the fact that, you know, I I say to people all the time, and it's not mine. It comes from, you know, old beliefs in, in mm. uh, Jewish culture. But the, you know, don't let people despise your youth. Yeah. And it's great that you didn't allow that. Like, I'm sure you had mm-hmm. questions. And it's very difficult. Um, and I believe that, you know, a wise man knows what he doesn't know. So the beginning of wisdom can start right there. (laughs) You know, it doesn't, it it doesn't need time. It doesn't need age. You know, you know, I like to tell people, especially in coaching situations when they're struggling with something, I'll say, you know, here's, what's interesting. Your, your immaturity is not a reflection of your immaturity. It's the, it's a reflection of when you were born. It's like math. So you're, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, that's not it, but you can build on other parts. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that you're, you're being inquisitive, your curiosity, your desire to put yourself in that spot. See, that is where wisdom actually has something to work with. I tell people mm-hmm. wisdom needs a tool to use. Ooh, and the tool like that. that wisdom mm-hmm. uses is understanding. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have, so in all you're getting, anything you get, I don't care what it is, get understanding first Mm -hmm. so that wisdom can use that. So for instance, if you're going to teach a kid about money, teach them basic stuff. Mm -hmm. If you get them a checking account, let them fill everything in the register and learn that part first. Mm -hmm. Because then wisdom can now say, now here's how you can expand or grow this. A lot of people outsource to wisdom. 
They don't develop mm. their own. They outsource for other people's thoughts, other people's wisdom, mm-hmm. not their own. It's not their, and they haven't solved a problem. What they've done is go find someone smarter than them, which is great. I oh, like gosh, to be around yeah. by people that are smarter than me, but it sounds like that's not what you were willing to do. And I like how you said, you know, these are older gentlemen, men, you went, you put yourself into that environment. Mm-hmm. I know a young lady who put herself through aircraft mechanic school. Oh, heck yeah. She went awesome. from Furman university grad and she was in a mentoring group that I had there years ago with all these male athletes that I was working with. And she and another young lady came to that group and she stood tall among them all, which was incredible. She held her own and the other young lady too. It was like, they were like, and all the men respected it. They were like, Mm -hmm. whoa, they bring it. But she went to this in Georgia and she did exactly what you did. She put herself in that. And those guys like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. What's in Mm -hmm. your toolbox? (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like, you know what that tool is? (laughs) Well, she's like a, in a top position at Gulfstream to this day, like at Gulfstream in Savannah, Georgia. And, and to the point where she's bored with it. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm bored with dominating this. Where, so so before <laughs> it was right. she was working on them, then it was now she's yeah. doing all the rehabs of them, to now it's like when, when one of these celebrities land their jet in Savannah to do a complete overhaul, she's the project manager, mm-hmm. and she's bored. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I look at that and I go, <laughs> awesome. and the reason yeah. I'm bringing that up is oh. because we're in a time now where instead of, where most people, like what I just heard you say, mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to take away from this conversation, but yeah. the, what what most most people would sit there and complain about the fact that they're going into something that seems to be dominated by something other than themselves. You did <laughs> not do that. You went into it and said, I know it's dominated by others, but I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And so that's the change or the difference that can be made. Because mm-hmm. I have a firm belief that when you walk into the room, you've become what's missing and necessary. And I really applaud that. That you you did that, and we need more of that. Yeah. And this podcast, that's what we're really. Mm-hmm. It's important. Like my side, of course, I'm on the older side of the spectrum, but I want to close that gap. I want it to be to where older people recognize what mm-hmm. you have to say. They hear your voice. They hear what you're talking about, mm-hmm. what you're saying, and that you add value. Yeah. But then equally so, the people that are following you, you know, the 18 year old who's looking to you now. Oh, yeah. Who's going to, you know, or the 21-year-old that walks in and sees this other person that's within, I guess, Mm -hmm. that would be close to your Mm -hmm. demographic, right? Yeah. They're going to come walking in, and they're going to go, how did she do that? Mm -hmm. And can I? But close (laughs) the, no, but you close the gap. Yeah. And we need more gap closing like this, and we need more sharing. We need more openness. We need more, but we need the bravery that you had to go in and stop arguing over what someone's not giving you and why don't you step into what you can create? I do wish, you know, do, I appreciate that, that Tim, um, there are times where I'm thinking, God, I wish, I wish I'd had more guts mm-hmm. more. I wish I could have tapped into like more, more bravery. Um, and I think that's one thing that's really exciting if you are, whether you're a teen or in your early twenties or you're finishing up a degree or maybe you're not going to college mm-hmm. and you're like, I feel like there's so little barrier to entry to entrepreneurialism mm-hmm. now that, or I just feel like it's, it's wide open for people. Mm-hmm. I know maybe that can seem a little overwhelming to someone um, if they haven't even you know dipped their toe in or haven't gotten their, their first real job or mm-hmm. whatever. But I feel like these days you can create your first real job. Mm-hmm. And 
<laughs> and it's very, very exciting. Yeah. I love that what you way. said, no barrier to entry. I mean, yeah. do you, I mean, how often do you hear that out and about? Mm-hmm. Like in oh, our current really? climate, it's yeah. like everyone's uh-uh. talking about barriers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here I'm sitting here looking at you and you're going, there's really no barrier to entry. Right. Like my, my kids know there's no barrier. Like my yeah. sons are creating stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Like they're online making things <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're putting them up there. And like my son's <laughs> playing a video, like he's got his video camera out and he's playing guitar and he's a great musician. Both my boys are great. And so he's my guitar player son is playing it and he posts it and tags Snarky Puppy. And Snarky Puppy is a great group. They're, they're fantastic. They're, okay. Okay. <laughs> my son can play their music. Okay. The, my boys. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're saying something back to him. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, there are no walls. And they're like, mm-hmm. dude, That's like, crazy. you're killing it. <laughs> take take another one of our songs and send it to us like that you're doing awesome. like like that's the world we live mm-hmm. in i'm like yeah. i'm sitting here going i'm crazy i wish i was when i was like yeah. i'm like oh, god i would love yeah. that well because like, i think there's that access because mm-hmm. of the 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 digital the, the technological yeah. platforms yeah yeah if i had thought that i think i was trying to remember like who would i want to who did i see as famous you know, in the late 80s or early 90s where I thought, maybe if I write this letter and I like it and <laughs> yeah. I mail it, yeah. maybe. Right. Maybe. That's maybe. There. Maybe. Uh, you know, it's just. Yeah. It's so totally it, different. That now. was that was what we had. Now yeah. you can Instagram tag, show right. it. And they're like, like you, yeah. like you much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think along that whole line of, you know, there really isn't necessarily a, a barrier to pursuing mm-hmm. something. If you have a great idea or mm-hmm. if you have a dream that you yeah. want to go after. And, you know, we Tim and I talk talk a lot about this and we um, we talked with a really interesting um, young professional Shama Hyder who uh, started at one of the first digital agencies oh, cool. um, right out of college but she kind of talks about this whole idea that you don't you can kind of plan ahead for where you want to be five years from now. Mm -hmm. But I think that that can be um, a little bit challenging. Like five years is a long way away and you don't know exactly who you're going to be at that time. And so I think with Mm -hmm. that, you can say, here's a, here's a dream or a goal that I have, but that dream and that goal can shift. So, so I think there's, there's a great quote that there's no magic power in having a dream. You can't just wait for it. You've got to work for it. So, Oh yeah. Thinking about that, do you think that you, at this point, you have identified a dream that you're going after? Have you realized that or are you still working on it? Yeah. um, So still working on it. Um, And... Yeah, I'll use I'll use Fireforge as an example, but then kind of pull away to more big picture life. Mm-hmm. And you know, with, with Fireforge, it was I mean, before there was even a name, uh, you know, a business plan. There, it was a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, Brian and I going for a hike, and then you know, you'd you'd have that first beer right off the trail somewhere, and you, you just get you start musing and you mm-hmm. start dreaming, and you think, man. What if we what if we did this? What if this was a you know a, a company that we built? Mm-hmm. And um and one thing that's always been important to us was growing it beyond ourselves, um, and building a really cool organization and then wa- and making that sustainable and, and moving bit beyond it, hey, this is Nicole and Brian doing their beer thing, you mm-hmm. know. So that that's really important to move beyond that. Um 
because so much of the work we had done before kind of began and ended with, with us or mm-hmm. um, was in, you know, just it wasn't a bricks and mortar now building an organization. It was much, you know, just different business models, different line of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we spent a lot of time in dream mode. Um, both he and I are really good at envisioning the future. It's really fun to hang out there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe too much. Um, but then it, the vision does get, does get clear. And so the work though was taking each step and learning the processes for how, um, you get licensed, uh, working with the city to how you get, you know, a building permits. And, and it's funny because all these business and admin and process things, you know, we wanted to do this because we want to do our own thing and build a cool company and we don't like rules, you know, and that we're like, oh, wait, to do this, we are now operating amid yeah. all these rules. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't know the rules. We learn the rules by messing up and finding out about the rules later. And so to habitually be in that, because no one no one has like a roadmap. They're like, hey, here's how you, here's how you start a brewery in Greenville, South Carolina and get open in, you know, less than like a bajillion years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that hasn't been written. I'd yeah. love to write that maybe. Um, so to do the work. Mm-hmm. And it's all the stuff that you don't post about on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You don't post. You don't create an event on Facebook. That's mm-hmm. about hey, help us fill out all these forms. Like no right. one cares about that. <laughs> they just want to know when they can buy beer yeah. at your place. Right. Where's the beer? Like, when are you going to be open? Yeah. yeah. And it's, I've heard about it. Like I've heard, like I know you guys have been like trying to find a building forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know you guys are. I'm getting. I've sent you a Google map with pins I'm, I'm dropped sharing, on it. I'm sharing some of the, the mental trash. No, that's cool. That's like clinking no. around in here. Um, it is refreshing to know, though, that really in the day-to-day, I also have to remind myself, most people, well, all people, are not thinking about you as much yeah. as you mm-hmm. think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that brings me much comfort. Um, so, yeah, just doing the work. I think had I known what it would take and the time, it's taken. Mm-hmm. Um, would we still be on the path? I'd like to think so, yes. But man, if I had known, hey, from the day you start typing out a business plan with your with your husband and now to be a business partner, guess what? It's going to be like three and a half years later. Right. You you okay with that? And mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like what did I, what do I want to do to to get to that? to realize that dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered your question, but. No, you did. Okay. Yeah, it's work. It's work, mm-hmm. but I have to remind my, one thing I do, another thing I have to remind myself is stop making it feel like work mm-hmm. because it can actually be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And so I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. There's joy in your journey. There you go. So I tell people, you know, <laughs> remember, you know, promise that there's like one of my favorite quotes I have a thing, I have seven habits that I'll spend the rest of my life trying not to break. Oh, Instead of yeah. seven, like I have a little talk I do with it, but they're mm-hmm. my seven that I use. And like a lot of people spend their time telling you, I need to break this habit. Mm-hmm. But what if you created habits that you try to spend the rest of your life trying not to break? So it's a quick, I'm saying it in a long way where most people say, oh, you mean habits you don't want to break? You know, yeah. but I say it long on purpose <laughs> because it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And one of them is remember when you're out there treading water, Promise mm-hmm. me that you won't forget that you love to swim. Oh, you know? I like that. So mm-hmm. that's and great. that's where most people lose it. That is great. They lose 
the joy of their journey. And so it sounds mm -hmm. like you're trying to remind yourself of that. <laughs> you know, and so what's interesting uh, for me is, um, you know, how are you guys dealing with the delays? You know, uh, Megan and I, in, in some pre-discussion before you came in, um, just delayed gratification. Like oh. some people try to force the gratification and you're working with that. Like, what's that like for you? Like mm -hmm. how, how can you help people that are listening to this podcast know that, look, don't force everything. Sometimes you got to push, but don't force. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like try to open a, a closed flower without breaking a petal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You understand what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's so, <laughs> yeah, it's right. It has no bone, no skeletal system, but yeah. if you pull on it, you'll surely kill that petal. Mm -hmm. Right. So, what, how do you, how do you deal with that part to, with a delayed gratification versus immediate gratification and forcing it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the delayed gratification is, that can be tough, especially um, I'm the kind of person I like to see tangible results and evidence of success, even if it's not ultimate, but just incremental results, um, mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan. And so sometimes when you do feel like there's this hurry up and wait and hurry up and wait, or that delay in like, okay, it's kind of like reminding yourself, hey, you actually really like swimming. You yeah. actually really like becoming or being a part of the, of the brewing community and and putting your you know your your stake in the ground there. And so, some different things that that we've done is to because there are certain things we just aren't able to be involved in or do anymore, um, just due to regulations and stuff. Um, but being a part of festivals and sharing our beer with with folks. Um, there are ways where we've still been able to feel a part of that by collaborating with other breweries and brewing with them. Um, we see no financial benefit of that, but that helps to still raise awareness and, and stay relevant even without even being open. Um, so those things make it really, really fun and remind us that, hey, it's there's going to be a day very soon where this will be open and the things that are keeping us up at night are going to be completely different. Like, are we, are we ready for that? Mm -hmm. And so that can, that's going to be so different. A quiet, a quiet Saturday evening at home with just the two of us, not going to happen six months from now. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> so that means you're not going to watch my daughter if I need to drop her off. <laughs> I'm sure she is a delight. No. <laughs> She'd be awesome. She might even help you make beer. Oh, we are, she's a curious one. We, hey, we'll have internships. We'll have internships. <laughs> well, she's going on eight. Let me think. Maybe, Maybe too early. <laughs> okay. Hey, we can appreciate, we can teach them the science behind things. I don't know if we could do this. Okay, what? This is going to be a legal thing. Yeah. So, and just know, we can cut this. So those listening, if this stays, <laughs> we didn't cut it. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, geez. What, would you be willing, like, is it legal? Should I call it okay, number one, 10 attorneys? No, but it's, well, you'll know this answer. Oh, is it legal? I'm curious about their beer. And I'm not even a beer drinker. So I'm yeah. curious about your beer. I've had number it. One. It's delicious. Okay. So, well, Megan. So once again, another person that has I, been around no. Megan, who Megan has had something that I don't get. So I haven't had it, number one. But what if we do a giveaway of, like, I don't know, uh, what? how do you make it in quantities? Like six pack? Or like, what do you do? Like, is, is it in bottles? Is it, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, right? I'm not a, I'm not a, beer guy so so I don't know what's going no, on. no worries so let's pretend we were open 
uh, we will be selling most of our beer through our tasting room. And so anything that we bottle or can um, will mainly actually be kegging and then mm -hmm. serving you know, pints or, or growlers at a time. Okay, now, so if, could if somebody get it? So if we did a little giveaway, once like they're now, open. it has to be when you're open. Yeah. That's the legality part so I was you wondering. So you could do a giveaway, but then we would be, I, we could put it in writing, it'd be on our honor that once we're actually open, we would honor whatever that prize is. That's what I would like to do. I would like to. So those See, this listening. Is a, this is a lesson in delayed gratification. There you go. <laughs> for there you your go. listeners. <laughs> yes. I would like to see if you would do it. And what we would do is when you open, if it's cool with you, but we would like literally do a podcast, yeah, a, live a live one, cast. a oh, live cast yeah. there. Yes. And then, and then do like this giveaway thing for whoever could win this. So Done. where you could write up that when you open, and that's putting you and your husband on the spot who's not even here. He'll be good with it. He's, He's good with it. it. He, he follows your lead, right? Oh, yeah. So so would you be willing yes. to like, can we, so you and Megan yeah, can like work out. out a little deal yeah. and we can put it up and we have to come up with something. We're going to come up with a competition yeah, or something, a giveaway yeah. that people will be able to, when they open Fireforge, mm -hmm. this incredible brewery that mm -hmm. has beer that I will eventually taste. <laughs> That you've already tasted that's really good. And you've heard that it's really good. And we're going to do a giveaway. And we're going to podcast live from, yes. from this location. Okay. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. That's going to be so fun. It'll be, fun. So fun. Yeah. be really fun. And we don't need to doctor all this up. This is good. This is like, <laughs> there, I, there are a lot of, like, Nick Stevens. Like, all these guys are always saying, Tim, you want to go have a beer? And I'm like, dude, don't drink beer. I, like, make people upset. They're like, come have a beer with me. I know. Now you're asking to drink a beer. I want to taste it. I'm so curious. <laughs> it's like my uncle's when I walked in. He's like, Hey, taste this. <laughs> that goes back to that. And I'm curious. I'm looking at her and I'm going, she makes beer. <laughs> she does. Okay. I don't even know what a beer maker looks like, but well, now, like, she makes beer. Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah, this is cool. The many faces. Beer. I know. I know. Many faces. Um, well, so, Nicole, we have really enjoyed uh, hearing a little, about, little bit about your journey um, and you just spending so much time with us and um, kind of sharing the different um, shifts that you've made along the way. Um, so just one last question before sure. we um, before we wrap up. If you had one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self or to other young professionals out there, um, what would that be? So one piece of advice for for a young person, um, and Megan, this is to your point about kind of creating your inner circle, mm -hmm. is to be very to be very careful um, with who you share your dream with. Um, and to stay positive and to just go for it. Um, if you're waiting for an endorsement or a stamp of approval from everyone, you're not going to get it. Just mm -hmm. do it. That's awesome. That's good. Okay. Very good piece. Thank you. <laughs> Well, um, this has been another great episode of UCYP, Uphill Conversations for Young Professionals. Uh, please remember that you can find us on Twitter at the UCYP. You can also join in the conversation on our Facebook group, uh, Uphill Conversations with Young Professionals. And of course, you can always reach out to Tim and I directly um, on our website, ucyp.co. And uh, once again, 
we just really love having great conversations with people in um, the world who are um, out there just trying to elevate the voices of young professionals. We're always trying to build a bridge between generations and overall go out there and inspire other young professionals to lead.